You're not allowed to shit in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> now go take a shit in the toilet. Welcome to episode 27 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Horse the Cleese. Why are you such a downer today, man? <laughs> I was going to say it's the Cleese with the sleaze, with the please, <laughs> but I didn't want to go there. <laughs> Fair enough. Miguel Garza, Horse the Cleese. There you go. Happy? All right. All right, that's good enough, I guess. And then, of course, we have my lovely wife, Heather. Hey, guys. What's happening? And then we have a very special guest for the day, Mr. Daniel Corey, the writer of Red Sea, the new image book. Hi. How's it going? Going good. How are you? <laughs> All right, excellent. <laughs> We're it's pumped, awkward, isn't it? The opening. Like, yeah. Who's he talking to? Like, yeah. is he talking to us? I'm speaking to all of you. I want a corporate response of yes, you know that kind of thing. You got to quit saying special guest. You make him sound like he's special. It's oh, well, I didn't take it. I didn't take it that way. I, I like being special guest. You know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like you know if like Russell Crowe made an appearance on a some TV show, he'd be the special guest. So, anyways, oh, what's wrong with saying special guest? I don't. Know. No, I was talking like special guest Corey from that show on TV. You know, that kind of special. I wasn't <laughs> talking like special. What a very special episode of Blossom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Like I'm Jason> <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't mind that kind of association either. You know, that could be a good thing. We always re- we all remember those special episodes from the eighties. You know, like on Family Ties, where Alex's friend died. And anyways. Oh, we can pull out the old school stuff, man. All right, um, I like old it. school. That when I was, uh, you know, in grade school, old school. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what are we doing here? What's going on? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about some comics. Okay, yeah, let's talk about some comics. Talk let's about the truck. <laughs> yeah, today was actually a really rough day for us. Uh, Houston's yeah. delivery truck somehow didn't make it on time. They had a breakdown or something, so none of the stores in Houston got their books. Isn't this oh. the, like the third time this shit has happened? It's the third time this year this has happened. This it's year. like okay. apocalypse or something. You it know? is like the apocalypse. It was yeah. it was awful. You guys are writing theory. poems about this. Yeah. You know, dirges. <laughs> Do your conspiracy theory, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That the fact that a Deadpool variant was coming out, so it broke down. Yeah, it does seem to happen every time it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily for us, one of the other local shops, Third Planet, uh, got their books in a little bit earlier than our typical store. So we made a little bit longer drive and picked up about half to three quarters of our books. They paying you now? No, but I thought I'd give them a shout out. Nice. What a name drop. Got our stuff early. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we picked up our books, took them back, read what we could. Our opinions this week may not be 100% accurate because we haven't read everything we usually do. But uh, we did get about two-thirds of the stuff read, so hopefully they're not too far off. An opinion's an opinion, sir. Yeah, but I mean, I like to be—I like to have all the information before I make my opinion, right? Oh, uh, okay. Fair We're making facts. Yeah. Statements. <laughs> Declarations. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Me. Out of the books you did read this week, Miguel, what were you saying your top two were? Well, first of all, you know I'm a sadistic bastard, so, you know, I like the crazy stuff. Uh, my number two book was Southern Bastards, number three. That's uh, Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Some walking tall, man. He, uh, Earl Tubbs, the main character, now he has that big whomping stick, and uh, he's not he's not playing around. He went straight into town, whooped the ass of the guy that messed up his friend, and just sat in the diner and basically said, I'm going to sit here every single day and kick anybody's ass that comes in this door <laughs> until I get to talk to the boss. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then uh, the boss sends out his boys you know, to go get him. <laughs> it was a really good issue. Every, every issue of that series so far has been really good. Uh, have you been reading that one, Daniel? Um, I'm not caught up on that one now, but I, I know I need to. It's you know, it's my publisher, so yeah. <laughs> well, I can't I can't problem. get everything. <laughs> can't get everything, but uh, yeah, that that one I'm always hearing great things about. So that's one I know I got to catch up on. So I'll probably. Uh, you know, we're a few issues in, so I'll probably get the trade because I'll probably put out the trade at like issue four or five, I'm guessing. So I'll probably pick that up soon. It's been great so far. I, I agree with you. That was actually my number two book as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. See, do you hear what he said, though? You don't have to pick everything up, so stop making me buy all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to. Oh. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm, it's hard up here for You're a not pimp. getting off the hook. <laughs> don't even try it. Well, all right. My number one book, another awesome book was moon Knight number five i gotta agree with you again that's that's the exact same thing i have as my number one really uh copycat 
<laughs> That's Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby. Moon Knight has been great so far. It's been a lot of standalone issues. Each story is not a continuing arc. But it's a one-shot kind of story. And in this particular one, Moon Knight uh, is rescuing this girl that was taken back a couple issues ago. And he goes to this warehouse and basically just walks in. And it's like a scene out of The Raid. He just walks through and just beats the crap out of everybody who gets in his way. And he does it effortlessly. There's not a whole lot of dialogue, but the action scenes are so well-drawn and so, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. It's 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 impressive. It's very impressive. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, he goes from floor to floor. And remember, he fights that one dude. And the one dude actually gets, gets one move on him. He's like, nice. So it's and it like, kills him. It's like, like endless, flawless beatdowns continuously? Oh, pretty, yeah. Pretty much. And it's all in creative ways. Nice. Yeah, and then, I mean, even the last panel, there's one last bad guy left who's running from him. And he summons his, like, helicopter to land on top of the guy. <laughs> I mean, nobody walks away from that fight unscathed. Um, you know, I, uh, I had a friend uh, that made a, a short film. His name is Wild, Wilder Klunchak. Um, he made a short film. I think it's probably on YouTube called Everything's Better with a Helicopter. Um, so I, I would recommend everybody please go check that out. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's on YouTube for sure, but it, it might be on the Internet somewhere. So just, just do a search for movie. Everything's Better with a Helicopter. And um, I, I won't spoil it, but you, you have to see that. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic! I'm hooked already. I don't even know what it is. I can see that most things do better with a helicopter. People are getting sliced up yeah. with blades. Traffic would be a hell of a lot better with a helicopter. <laughs> traffic? What traffic? Yeah, everything's better with a helicopter. This stuff pretty much says it all. So, yeah. What helicopter are we talking? We talking Airwolf? We talk Blue Thunder? We talking the Batcopter? I mean, which one are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> depends on what you need at the time. It just depends on what you need at the time. Even regular helicopters can be good too. You know, that always spices. They just kind of always spice things up. Yeah. Two dogs down on the side of it. You nice. Know, it's a dongo copter. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like a bad porn movie. Yeah, it does. The helicopter? No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, it is. So, it's still funny. Like it, huh? Score one for. <laughs> So we love helicopters. What else? <laughs> well, okay, so those were our top two. We picked the exact same ones, which is a real rarity. We yeah, no. disagree as far as no. the top books go. All kind of strange things are happening today. We had all the books hijacked. We had you guys agreeing on the top two. What else is going to happen, you know? You never know, man. It's been one of those days where nothing's impossible. Will stars fall from the sky? We'll have to see. Yeah. I read a, I read a comic today. Oh, well, what, what, what are your picks? I don't, I don't know your picks. What are yours? Okay, my, I only read one, so I only have one, and it is yours, and it is Red City. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> hey, I'm not kissing anybody's ass. <laughs> we'll be honest with you. The day your book came out, yes. our shop had issues with it, so it didn't come out. So we got it the following week, and when we uh. read it, I was like, oh, my God, I have to put this in my top two. But Justin was like, you can't. It was last week. It's like, ah, oh, you're right. So oh, it would have okay. been the top two yeah. easily. Oh, that's cool. Uh, they, they got it eventually, though, right? Yes, yes. 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 Okay. All right. And, and everybody still went and bought it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, there's no more copies on the shelf. When we went to- I'm happy to hear that. Cool. Seven. Please please thank your shop. Tell them, tell them you talked to me, and I said uh, thank you for ordering it. I will. Several yes. of the people that follow us picked it up as well. So I had a bunch of people tweet me and tell me, and even messages like some of my family members tell me, yeah, I picked it up, man. It's awesome. It's good. It's great. So Wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for helping spread the word. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So, can, I, can I talk about like stuff that, I, that I've been reading? Yeah, sure. sure. Oh, okay. So I didn't have time to go to the shop today. I can't comment on any of today's stuff. I had to come straight from the office. Boom, right here. So I'm not current on what's happening uh, just this week, but uh, just a couple of things. Uh, well, I'll just really just talk about the one thing. One thing that I really like right now that's new, and it's um, it's actually a Marvel book. It's the new Elektra. I'm a big fan of the character, so it was, it was natural for me to pick this up. So I, I really like it. I love the art. The, you know, they they had her on Monster Island. They had her. Uh, they did this whole Johnny Quest underwater city type story in the last issue. So. You know, it's kind of delivering the sort of Electra that I that I that I kind of dig. So um, yeah, I've heard a lot of good pleasure. things about it. It's actually one of the few books from Marvel that I'm not picking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, no. I read like 30 books a week, so I had to make some right. here and there, and that was oh, I understand that. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll yeah. So it looks it's Hayden Blackman and Mike Del Mundo. I'll, I'll throw out just throw out, throw out, throw out the names of the creators. So yeah, but they're they're doing really really cool work with that. I like it a lot. Awesome. Well, I'll pick up the trade for sure. Yeah. Even if I miss it in the singles, I usually pick it up in the trade. Yeah, they're yeah they're three issues in, so just like with the Southern Bastards, you know, so they probably have uh, a trade out kind of soon for uh, issue four or five, I would think. Well, right did, you have a, did you have a pick of the week? Something you wanted to highlight, Miguel? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I picked up another super violent book today. <laughs> Magneto number six. It's my pick of the week. Dude, he is just unhooked, unplugged, and just gone wild, man. He's just taking everybody out. The group that Sinister created, or the Marauders. The Marauders, yeah. Yeah. He's like... It's going back a ways. <laughs> oh, man, he's just taking them out. Well, it's, it's he's he's gotten to the point now where he's killing mutants that are against mutants, which is kind of a new thing for him. He's usually only gone after humans that are against mutankind. It almost kind of feels like Magneto's become the mutant punisher. <laughs> That's how I was looking at it earlier. <laughs> like, he's taking no prisoners. He's just killing people left and right. doesn't matter if they're human, if they're mutant, whatever. As long as their goals don't align with his, he has no problem taking them out. Dead. <laughs> it was a really good issue. There, this was a hard week, and we didn't even read everything. So many good books. A book that I wanted to highlight was Star-Lord number one. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I read that before I got here. I was like, man. Yeah, you're right. I hate myself for not picking it up. It's kind of a Guardians week. I mean, there was the Guardians one-shot that came out with Rocket and Group. There was the Star-Lord, Legendary Star-Lord book that came out, and then there was the Rocket Raccoon book. Uh, Star-Lord in particular is just so fun to me because he's such a jerk. (laughs) He's an asshole to everybody, but his arrogance, he can actually back it up, which is a rare thing. I mean, he talks trash to everybody and, and whatnot, but then when push comes to shove... He can actually you know, do what he set out to do, and he does it so flawlessly and so effortlessly. It's it's just crazy. I really enjoyed it. If you're a fan of any of the Guardians, I would highly recommend picking it up. That was your honorable mention of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Rocket was good, too. It was a kid's book, and I expected it to be childish like the Issues Number Zero was for the free comic book day. Mm-hmm. But it was actually very well written, and, and it was a Rocket we know and love. There was a lot of cursing and a lot of murdered you and that kind of stuff, but it was never, uh, never stepped outside of like, the PG realm. It was all scrambled letters and, and stuff like that, asterisks, whenever he's cussing and stuff. So it's still a kid's book, but it didn't detract from who Rocket actually is. So I enjoyed it. You want to talk about notable, I would probably say, honorable mention on my part, would probably be Original Sins. The whole thing at the end, I don't want to give it away, but like, you know, old Nick Fury just talking, you know, advancing the story. It was, it was good to me. I, I liked it because it really advanced the story very well. And like you said earlier, this is probably when one of the greatest, well, I won't say one of the greatest, but it's a really good series right now. Yeah, it's, it's a really good, it's a really really, good event. It's, just don't mess it up. Don't don't falter <laughs> at the end. Go to the end strong. Don't pull an AVX on me because I will go outside and just get, and burn books. I swear to you. Wait a minute, I can't say that. <laughs> I will throw them away. <laughs> oh, can I give out a little hate? Sure. What? <laughs> so, so, Eric Lopez. <laughs> Told me today, and I know you'll take some some hate with this. Uh, he uh, didn't like Deadpool versus uh, X Force. He's demanding his money back. I can see people not liking it. It's something that if you were a fan of the X Force from the '90s and a fan of the Deadpool from the '90s, that you'd really enjoy. Which I was a fan of both. But if you're only a fan of like Daniel Way Deadpool, where he's mm-hmm. got the multiple personalities and he's kooky and whatnot, and you've only been reading like modern day X Force stuff, you probably wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much. Because comics in the '90s had a completely different field, major yeah. today. I liked it. I tried to explain it to him about how certain things were going, and he was kind of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I still want my money back. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell Justin. <laughs> yeah. okay, guys, you got you to allow for a, you know, kind of off issue every now and again, you know. Just, uh, you know, it's, it's just, sometimes it's just like if there, a bad issue comes out, it's like, oh, this writer's terrible. Oh, I want my money back. It's like, come on, give a break, you know. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll be better next month. I'll give everybody uh, like at least three or four bucks before I'll drop them. Yeah, give him. Yeah, give him a few issues. You know, I. You know, it's just like starting a new uh, comic series or even like starting a new TV show. You want to get two or three in before you really make a, a judgment. You know, so that, that, that's my that's my thought on thought on. Anyways, I mean, no, that's 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 good. Yeah, but uh, you know, also it's just like I don't want people dropping my thing, my thing after one <laughs> issue. It's like uh, if they're not quite calm, like no, give it another. Keep trying it. You'll. <laughs> it's a mystery. I don't the, think the, the, going to drop it after the first issue. The first issue. Oh, first thanks. Issue. And there's not a whole lot of cop drama kind of stories going on right now, so it's it's yeah. fitting a niche that's not really being filled. So you forgot oh. the fuse. You forgot the what? The fuse is another cop drama, but that takes on a different. Uh, that takes place on a space station outside of Mars as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't I I haven't read that. That's now that's being released right now or just recently. Um, no, that's being released. It's Anthony Greenwood is writing it. Yeah, oh, okay. Three books in, right? Yeah, they're on their third issue right now, but it's it's a completely different feel from yours. It's oh gosh, and yeah, I, I I I didn't I didn't know about that one. I, I just can't keep up with everything. But uh, that's cool though, you know. I guess <laughs> as long as it's different. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different because yours is more of a personal kind of story. It feels like, yeah. and there's mm-hmm. just kind of looking at the whole the whole space station as like one big thing. So there's a lot more characters, a lot more moving parts. Yours is kind of focused mm. primarily on the one guy. Yeah, on Cal, right? And, and it's yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Let's talk a little bit about that more in depth. Let's talk about Red okay. Sun a little bit. 
All right. Let's go. What do you want to know? Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners what the synopsis is from your your mouth? Well, um, just really quickly, it's L.A. Confidential on Mars. So it's uh, gritty crime noir, cop mystery on the planet Mars in the distant future. So what we have is we have a whole different kind of world set up that we've, we've put together. All the planets of the, um, of the solar system, it's basically kind of a Ray Bradbury kind of science fiction reality where, you know, there's, there's Martians on Mars, there's Venusians on Venus. Like every planet of the solar system has its own inhabitants. And, you know, sometime 500 years in the past, we discovered Martians and, ooh, it was a new scary thing. But uh, now we're so far in the future that all the planets of the solar system are kind of acting sort of as one government, kind of as, as one country. They're trying to anyways. And um, there's a great diversity, like people, you know, Earth people live on Mars and Martians live on Earth and so on. You know, like Cal, our leading man, is kind of an an expat sort of. But, um, you know, he's basically born on Mars and raised on Mars, never been to Earth, really. So that's the kind of that's the kind of the setup. Now, when our story begins, what has just happened is there's just been a, a big civil war. So like Venus and Neptune tried to secede from that union. The union, by the way, it's called the NSS, New Solar System. That's the name of the country, you know, as, as it were. Venus and Neptune just tried to secede from the NSS, and there was a big war, the Unification War. And, you know, they, they lost the war, and um, everything's trying to go back to normal. They established the amnesty in CAPS, the amnesty where, you know, things have been settled, treaties have been signed, everything's being forgiven, basically, and, you know, that's it. That's It's settled. So everybody's trying to sort of get along, but it's very volatile. And um, the story opens with Cal, uh, like I said, he, he's a human of Earth origin. He's never been to Earth. He's lived on Mars his whole life. He's kind of this really disenfranchised guy, a very fringe guy. He was grew up an orphan on the streets, ran the street gangs, ended up becoming a police detective, ended up going off to serve in the Unification War, and now he's kind of in the NSS equivalent of the FBI, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a military branch uh, of law enforcement, but it's kind of more more on the civilian side of law enforcement. And so he's he's this guy that wants to be included in something, you know. That's kind of where he's coming from. In the midst of all this craziness, all these politics and stuff, you know, he's kind of just this lost soul that's trying to find a place to root himself. So, uh, but he's given this mission to go down into Mars Central City, aka Red City to find a, uh, a missing ambassador's daughter. There's a treaty supposed to be signed between Mercury and, and, and Venus, and um, to the, this ambassador, Mercury ambassador's daughter, has gone missing. And to keep things from going south, they send Cal down into the streets of Red City to find her. And since Cal kind of knows the streets so well, having lived there his whole life and having worked there as a police detective and whatnot. But, you know, is he a reliable guy? Not really, but he's kind of just the man for the job at the moment. Can we trust him? What's going to happen? It all blows up in his face, becomes this huge conspiracy, and we're just going to see what you know where it takes him from here. But uh, yeah, issue two is out this coming Wednesday or week from today, which is going to be July 9th. So next week, July 9th is issue two of Red City. So yeah, he the, the story of issue one ended in kind of a precarious uh, situation for Cal. <laughs> yeah, he got into a little trouble. Yeah, <laughs> a little trouble. Yeah, but it's interesting bit. to see him go from place to place and visit all of his uh, former contacts. Yeah, deal with the the street, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, that was kind of like you know um, when you have you're dealing with a guy from the neighborhood, right? So he is a great detective, but also he's just the man from the job because, like I said, he's the man from the neighborhood. He knows all the people, he knows all the places, he knows where to go. So he's given this mission. He goes down into the red city, and yeah, he starts making contacts with his like his former partner from Mars PD, um, former detective. Um, Jacques is his name, and he's now head of security at the Versailles Casino, which is the biggest casino in Red City, you know. So, um, you know, he's doing some shady underworld dealings, and he also deals with the crime boss, uh, the, um, the Neptunian crime boss, Obek, who runs a dive over in Neptune, uh, the Neptune corner of Red City, where all the Neptunians hang out. So we, we kind of get to know his people, his world, 
you know, as he's kind of getting himself reacquainted with it. Um, Jacques yeah, is so. one of your favorite characters. You got really enthusiastic while you were talking about him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just looks so cool. You know, he's got that little David Niven mustache. And, you know, he's, <laughs> we don't know where he's coming from or what he's, you know, what his agenda is, though. You know, yeah, he's one of my favorite characters in the book. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. I love how if you open up the issue um, on the inside front cover, like we're featuring a, a different character on the inside front cover every issue, and we popped out an image of, of Jacques because uh, the image of him that you see in the inside front cover of the first issue kind of really, really gives you an idea of what the entire series is going to be like. That's so, cool. yeah. I was hooked on book one, so uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for book two and what it's going to do with this. So it's, it, Thanks. It's really good. I'm, I'm, I'll take Heather's words earlier. She's like, it's like law and order type stuff here, you know? Was was like, like, oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, said, I said it was no, like, order, I was that. like, I said it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets Star Wars meets Law and Order. That that that's what it was for me. <laughs> dun dun. Cool. Um, <laughs> the, right, yeah, that's great. What, what, what if it reminds you of um, the, of the turtles? I'm curious. Um, Angel. Her character reminds me of April O'Neil. Oh yeah. Like, she's, okay. like a, she's like a badass version of her. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're looking at their our leading lady and identifying her as a sort of a, a, an archetype, though. So that that's yeah. that's good. I'm happy to hear that. You know, and I'll, I'll let you know as as Cal says on the first page, she's going to come in in the second issue, and you know, she's she's our leading lady. You're, you're, you're going to get to know her. I can see that totally. She's gonna yeah. she's gonna kick some ass and take some <laughs> yeah. And that she does. That I can promise you. Yes. Nice. I'm looking yes. forward to that. <laughs> um, I love how Cal isn't afraid of anything either, man. He's like just talking to everybody like, you don't scare me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of, uh, you know, he's got a certain skill set, you know, that makes him a great detective. And he kind of just learned it from being a street guy, you know, growing up on the streets and having to, you know, the thing is, is like I was telling I was telling everybody um, involved in this, so the artists and stuff, as we were getting into this, I'm like, Cal's a really tough cookie. He's a tough guy. It's just he's kind of a he's a little littler than some of these aliens and stuff. So it's like he can't win all of his fights exactly. But you know he's not afraid. You know he runs right into it, and you know he 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 will. You know he's talking to Obek and his and, and he's on in Obek's turf in Obek's bar. This is the Neptunian crime boss, the head of all Neptunian crime in Red City, and he's just not afraid to sass talk him and insult him and tell him how he feels about him. You know, he's got, you know, so he's got that grit. That's yeah, definitely gonna, an interesting know. dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. You know, they, they're former enemies and former friends. It's kind of interesting yeah. to see them like that. They, they kind of, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's an air of nicety that everybody uh, kind of keeps up here, you know, at this phase of the investigation and everybody knows it's kind of necessary at this point. You know, there's a certain formality but when you know when you have a, when you have a policeman is kind of converting with known criminals, he knows they're doing crime. He can't quite prove it, but you know he needs information out of them, and they need him, they need to cooperate with him just enough to keep you know keep him out of their business. You know, it, it presents an interesting uh, dynamic, and he he has that dynamic with several characters. And yeah, it seems it's like a lot of first issue. It seems like a lot of people are for sale too. Like you can just buy uh-huh. information left and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 Red City, man. You know, it's it's really based on you know Los Angeles, but it's all it's kind of a lot a combination of Los Angeles, Las Vegas, you know, and that's that's how we tend to think of these cities in the in the in a in a noir type uh, type of sense, you know. Everything's for sale. You know, <laughs> Los Angeles being the, the movie capital of the world. So, you know, Red City, he mentions this, that Red City's now the, 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 the movie capital of the world. Um, when, when, you, when you get involved in high-level entertainment business like that, yeah, there's a lot of just wheeling and dealing and just backstabbing and, you know. But um, Cal comes at this from a unique perspective, though. You know, I think he really wants his city to be good. He, he, you know, it's like for me, I've lived in Los Angeles for almost 11 years. My wife and I moved out here. And uh, I tell people L.A. is what you make it. You know, it can be a bad place. It can be a bad place. But if you just find the right place, you, you, you know, you make good friends, you, you, find, you, you carve out a little niche for yourself here, it can be good. You know, so it's what you make it. So I think Cal and Red City has had a really bad ride. You know, yeah. he, you know he's an orphan. He's been at the gang, you know, but he really wants it to be good. He doesn't, you know, he's not really embracing that ideal yet in this, this stage in the story. But I think ultimately he really kind of wants – Wants the Red City to be a good place. That comes across pretty clearly in your writing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so, are you going to explore any other locales? I mean, I know the story started on, on Mars and Red City, and it's going to be there for a little while at least. Are you going to explore any other planets? 
Um, I'd like to get to that. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, the first story arc is squarely in in Red City. You know, the thing is, is like in um, any future stories, the Red City is going to be the linchpin for you know everything is going to revolve around uh, happenings in the Red City. So, you know, he is a federal investigator, though, so he's going to have to plan it hop to solve some crimes at some point. But it's like Red City. It's, it's kind of like with uh, Los Angeles. There's this sense of manifest destiny about it, uh, you know. That's why, you know, it's what, why is this important political meeting happening there? It's like, well, you know, the Neptunians like this, the Mercurians like this. They want to be in Red City when they do this, you know, so... Are already uh, in, in the beginning as the, as Cal's commanders giving him this mission, we get a sense that Red City is just a place people want to be. It's this place where stuff is happening. So, yeah, a lot of important stuff throughout the NSS is going to turn on happenings in Red City. Well, you got you got a great story. Thanks. You're, you're very enthusiastic about it, and the <laughs> art is also amazing. I mean, where did you find Mark? Uh, I met Mark at a show last year at Jay Company's uh, Amazing Arizona Con. Um, so yeah, so he's he's working on it. He's pencil and inks. Chris Finolios our colorist, and I met Chris at t- 2012 Image Expo at the 20th anniversary of uh, of Image. He, uh, I'd love to go uh, there someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was that was a fun show. Um, but Anthony and Dietchidua and I were had a table. Anthony is the artist. On, he was the artist of my Moriarty series that I did at Image, and he and I had a table. We were actually debuting our second volume of Moriarty at that show. Uh, but Chris came by our table with the portfolio, and he had a lot of great artwork. And he had this book called Weird Kids that he had done. It was a, it was a, a, an all, a kids title, uh, an all ages title. And his illustration and everything was just so was so wonderful, and his sense of color was great. So. Um, I was glad we were able to link up on this project. I was look, I've been, I've been looking for something to to work with Chris on for a little while, just just from meeting him that one time at the show. So it's happy about that. Um, and Dave Lanfear um, is does our letters. He also did our logo. He does design and stuff for us. Um, and uh, this is my second book with Dave. Uh, he worked on Moriarty. Um, and Dave, I'm really lucky to have Dave on board because uh, he's worked for everybody. He's been nominated for uh, he was nominated last year for an Eisner for Secret Adventures, you know, for lettering. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he's kind of the go-to guy for a lot of um, problem solving. He he compiles all the files, makes everything print ready. Uh, he makes the book, uh, you know, he, he makes the, takes the book from being a digital entity to being a uh, you know living, breathing, printed thing. So that's what Dave does. So. So yeah, happy to have that team. Um, happy to have that team on board. Our first issue, we had a um, a pinup by Justin Harder in the back. If you guys flip to the to the last page, um, you know there was a um, really cool pinup featuring Cal and Angel, and Justin did that. And it, he has this really cool kind of manneristic style, in which he designed the characters. I was very happy to have Justin in the book because um, I don't know if you guys saw a little movie called Thor: The Dark World. Mm. Uh, Justin did he did he did all the oil paintings and the ending credits of that movie. Oh, that's so awesome. yeah, so that's I, ridiculous. Yeah, I know it's really Yeah, I know it really was. Uh, I mean, I, I met him. We met him at there was a Kamikaze Los Angeles last year, and yeah, he said, yeah, the movie's because the movie was coming out pretty soon after that, and he told us about how he did the credits. I went to see it, especially in 3D on the big screen. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, you know. So. I, <laughs> I asked him. I asked him to do this pinup, and he was very enthusiastic about it. So, um, and he did a great job. So, I was happy about that. We got a pinup by um, Anthony Dietchidua in our issue two, the Moriarty artist, and he. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I got some. I got some, uh, some other great artists coming up. Jessica Grundy in issue three, Tony Donnelly in issue four. So, uh, I got some great pinup art coming that you guys will see. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so yeah, those are the artists in my life at the moment. So yeah, a while back we had uh, one of our friends of the show, a great guy, uh, Steve Orlando, and mm-hmm. we asked him about character names. How he came up because his book character names are just like, what were you smoking that day or something? But uh, yeah. I was like, I can't pronounce that. Uh, yeah. For you, do the names? I'm assuming names. Uh, mm-hmm. are, like for him, he just kind of like thought of these names it's like stuck to him from you know it, I mean, it was, he, he pulled them from yeah, it was, some kind of special place but he yeah. never tell people where they came from exactly right what else trying to ask is how did you come up with yeah that's names for your main guys thanks man <laughs> I was still well, <laughs> it's all good it's all good um, you know it's it's not you know it just has to do with sometimes I'll even just go uh, I'll look up lists of names I'll look up names of um, common names in other countries you know like Maybe this guy should have a Russian-sounding name. I'll just look up Russian surnames. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll combine two names together and get a name out of that. Sometimes it's just sometimes it's just like what comes to my mind when I think of the person of this character. 
what name sounds like this person, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I, I, I just had immediately in my mind that I wanted his, his partner to be a Cajun guy, to be this, you know, <laughs> kind of shifty Cajun guy. And um, uh, Jacques is a really cool name. Yeah. For uh, it's a great French name, and then um, I had a friend in high school whose last name was Bellinger, so I, so that's where I got his name. You know, Cal. I don't know. That just came right out. Cal Talmadge. I just that sounded heroic to me. It sounded like this is a guy you want to sit down with. You know, you want to maybe buy him a beer. Cal Talmadge. You know, I. I can't really see. Uh, yeah, I can't really tell you that one just came out. You know, I got um, kind of a goofy question for you then. Uh, sure, oh, sure. Let, let me throw this. Let me throw this at him real quick. Before, right, right. Okay, okay. This is self promo for myself here. Uh, okay. Red City is like a really bad place. You could have like a character named Horse to Sleeves or something in there. <laughs> no. What 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 was that? <laughs> He's like, what? No. Miguel Miguel has a character that he came up with on our second or third episode called Horse okay. to Sleeves. It's just this dumb character he came up with, and he's 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 goofy with it. But a couple of episodes ago, we came yeah. up with what if he was a porn star and it was horse to sleaze. <laughs> Tell say oh, the name one more time. Say the name one more time. Horse to sleaze. <laughs> so it's kind of like Heracles, but with the the root of the word being horse. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so he can show up in Red City. Um, we'll 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 see about that. <laughs> I don't want to start taking other people's ideas and putting them in, though, because I might get sued. So, no, yeah. Justin, you have to tell the story of how he got the name, how you actually came with came up with that name, because there is a story behind it. Well, okay. Miguel has a, a bad knee. Okay. So back, ever, back. If you ever watch him walking down the steps, he takes these horse steps. So oh. Coming down the stairs, he takes these really long... Like wide horse stuff. Thanks, man. Down. And we know. I told you why. <laughs> I started calling him horse steps, and then it just kind of evolved into him trying to own it. So I couldn't pick on him for it. Well, then you know. Well, you know, you might, you might, you know, say that of the quality of this walk. But then the, 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 the word being kind of rooted in Heracles, which is you know another form of the word Hercules. It's like there's strength. Yeah. He has strength too. So until he becomes sleazy, <laughs> <laughs> then I can't help you. But, uh, all right, so what was your good question you're going to ask, man? I wasn't a good question. I was just going to see. So you got the you got the uh, the names for the populations of each planet. You know, you got the Mercurians, uh-huh. you got the Venusians, yeah, Earthians. I'm assuming. What do you call people from Uranus? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, you know that just you know that could that could end up I could end up giving away the twist. No, not really. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, I haven't, you know, I hadn't, I had not even thought about that until this moment. Uh, so that's one, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to come up. <laughs> I don't think Uranus Yunus is going to work very good. <laughs> that's a tough one. You know, Uranians? Uranians? I can't even maybe, say it. <laughs> maybe Uranians. Cause that just Uranians. sounds less, it sounds, it sounds less dirty. You know, it sounds more like the, the element. But Holians. Yeah. <laughs> You know that's what they're going to be called in school. Uh, <laughs> if any of their kids go to school on Venus or something, that's what they're going to call them. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so, so Red City is only a miniseries? Uh, yeah, it's we planned it as a four-issue miniseries. Um, I'd love to do more. It's just the mat, It's the, uh, the nature of doing uh, indie comics. You just – at this point, I couldn't promise people more just because, you know, it's a matter of all the financials involved in uh, producing one of these books. You know, when you get – two, three guys together to do um, an independently produced book, an image book, it's kind of like, as far as man hours and budget, it's kind of equivalent to 50 people doing a movie, you know, an independent movie, you know, so... It definitely seems like it takes a lot of time and effort. It, it takes a lot of time and it's and it's costly, you know, so that's why I'm glad you guys support uh, independent books if folks really need to um, really buy image books and buy from any of the, uh, any of the smaller presses, um... Because you know, guys, guys like us, you know, we're, we're funding it. We have to fund everything up front, the production costs and such. So, um, you know, I, I, I hate to like, I'm not trying to play on anybody's sympathies, but uh, you know, there's been you like, oh, <laughs> thank you. But uh, there's been, a, you know, there's been a lot of people talking about it lately. You know, I remember like Jim Zub, who who does who writes Skull Kickers at mm-hmm. uh, Image. He he put he wrote a um, he wrote a column on his blog a few years ago that got a lot of attention, just kind of outlining. You know um, the struggles and issues that indie comic creators go through day to day, and that started a lot of dialogue 
Um, so that's why I don't feel like I'm talking too out of school because it kind of it kind of is something in the zeitgeist right now talking about you know what it is that uh, indie comic creators have to go through to create these books. So you know at this moment I wish I could have promised people two or three volumes, but I, it's like I could only promise one, uh, four four issues, one volume at this point. But if you guys turn up in mass and really buy our issues and, and order order order, you know we could we might be able to give you more. Um, you know, and it might not be right away, but you know it would be nice to be able to do uh, you know kind of go with the Hellboy model of series of mini series with yeah. this or you know but I just I can't I can't I don't know at this point we'll have to see well, hopefully so, that does happen though I mean hopefully people yeah. do like the book and check it out and yeah. it's enough to merit a second series oh th- yeah, thank you thank you I mean yeah I mean I could I could do I could do a lot of volumes of this and you know there's a lot of other places we can go in the NSS you know there's other series we could spin out of this too you know there's a lot we could do um, you know, this could be as expensive a world as uh, you know Star Trek or something, depending on how many years and how much budget we have to put into it. So, uh, but yeah, it, it could it could it could go there. You know, I, I would love for it to go there. I'd love to I would love to grow it that big. So. I could actually see this thing becoming a movie. Oh, so, thank you. I mean, I really could. Yeah. I mean, you write the four book series. I think it's great. Like Justin saying, I think it's probably going to do very very well. Uh, thank you. People are going to want more of it, and I can see you writing another miniseries behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, actually, what book was it that started off as a miniseries and now it's an ongoing one? Uh, it's one we read. I can't. That think. happens pretty frequently. There's a lot of books that do that. Yeah. Uh, and, but uh, I know, like, uh, like, Curtis Wybe does a lot of great stuff, like Image Shadow Line. And he's had a couple of his things, like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, he start yeah, like the Green Wake, you know, that he, he just had an initial story arc and they, they extended that, you know, and they, just, they were able to do a second volume for that, you know. So, yeah, that kind of thing happens. It's always nice to see, you know. I always like, I always like seeing Image guys. Start off with a limited series that ended up, you know, being able to do more. So, yeah. But uh, we did two volumes with uh, with Moriarty. I just say that's on an extended hiatus right now because I'd love to do more. Um, but you know, we did two volumes with that. It was nine issues, two soft cover volumes. Then we put everything together into um, hardcover. So the Moriarty Deluxe Edition hardcover, and that's available right now. That's the way you can really get it right now. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like I, you know, like I said, I'd love to do more. Um, I'd love to see it when other image guys are able to extend out and do more. You just uh, everybody needs the support, you know. So you got our support. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's all I need. <laughs> we need support too, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> image, can image support us? <laughs> image, come on down, support us now. How many, how many image books are we buying? I think everything they put out. Comicalpodcast.com. There's only like two or three books that they put out we don't read. Oh wow. Well. That's pretty good. Yeah, you read more than I do. I, I I read everything if I could. You know, I just uh, yeah, I'd read everything if I could. <laughs> Us too. Yeah. yeah. But we got to do a little bit of commercial here. So okay. for our listeners, if you like the show, if you want to support us, please go to audibletrial.com/comical. Sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible, which comes with a one free audiobook download. Uh, if you download the book, don't like it, you do have the option to trade it in and get another one. After 30 days, you can cancel your subscription uh, with no cost to you. If you like the service and you want to continue with it, it's only fourteen ninety nine a month. Well, they don't have to wait thirty days. I mean, they could, like the second day. I don't like it. They can cancel it right then and there. But you know, sure. but they should keep it. It's a great service. We know Heather uses it. You know, she's it's buying great. books all the time. I use it too. And you know, when they do that, you know what we get? Ching! <laughs> it does help the show. And, and as you've been listening for a while, you know that we have a lot coming up. We're doing the Houston Con in August. We're doing the Alamo City Comic Con in September. Uh, there's a small chance we might get nominated for the Geeky Awards and have to travel to California. Well, you oh say, like, say like a big chance. Big chance. What's <laughs> a big chance? It could happen. Don't knock it. I stood on the magic carpet and wished for it today. We're in the <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out within the next few days. So if you cool. want to support us, uh, go to audibletrial.com slash comical. Also, if you already have an Audible account and you still want to contribute to the show, you can go to our website and just click on the PayPal link to donate directly. That's right. Donate. <laughs> do it. You want to do it. You must do it. We're, we're, what, what is that? When we're you... beggars. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, we'll like, podcast for money. Like, <laughs> fine, I'm going to just skip what I said. <laughs> Audibletrial.com slash comma. There you go. All right. Well, then it's time for our next segment, which we like to call Tell Me a Funny Story. And this week, it's Miguel in the hot seat. So, Miguel, what you got for me? Well, uh, I don't have a funny story, so my friend is going to say that. Daniel has no clue what's going on. <laughs> I, I don't. Oh, this is Merman. How are you doing? Oh, excellent. Thanks. 
Did, you, watch, did you ever watch Masters of the Universe as a kid, Daniel? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so Miguel does the merman voice on the show every once in a while. <laughs> I, I see. I, I, I forgot about merman. I, yeah, I don't remember his voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> show <Wow>. mascot. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Okay. Tell, tell a funny story. Yeah, tell me a funny story. You realize the funny story that I kind of ran by you earlier today is very embarrassing. Sure, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's very damaging. Oh, you must tell. <laughs> I have like 1,300 followers. I'm going to lose them all after I tell this nah, story. I think you'll gain some more. I don't know about this. <laughs> it I, may not be the ones you want, but you'll gain some I more. Kinda, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of ran this story by my wife today, and she's like, really? So I'm going to tell a less funny story today. Oh, <laughs> I'm here to, here to tell you a sad story. <laughs> oh come on! I don't want any tear jerkers. I, I've cried enough in my life. <laughs> this is okay. Fine, I will tell Falk, a story. This goes Falk. along the same lines of your band camp story. Wait, band camp. Remember the no? Excuse me, the Girl Scout camp or whatever with the suitcase <laughs> no. and the missing clothes. Oh the, yes, in the great caca. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the case of the missing clothes and the suitcase. Well, I don't know about all you guys, but I grew up a little poor. Okay, and I've said this many times on the show. You know, we lived a hard life, and uh, back in the day, you know, the roaches were free and the rats were coming too. But it was mostly roaches. Uh, and being in the country where we live at, you have to bomb every once in a while. You know, you buy the old school foggers and fogger thing, you push the little thing, you get the hell out of the house and open up the things and let a fogger go off in every room, and the roaches are dead. Yes. Then you got to come back and wash everything: the sheets, the drapes, the, the dishes, and before you can eat off of them. And you know, it takes a while. Yeah. So. Uh, they decided to set off the fogger bombs one Saturday, I believe. It was back when I was five, I think. I don't even think I was. I think it was younger than that. Might have been five. Hell, might have been six. I don't even know. Um, so they let them off. And, of course, I, as a kid, uh, grew up very ill. I had stomach issues when I was first born. I was hospitalized for a week. Um, so I've always had the stomach issues, similar to what you have, you know, bad acid reflux and some stuff wow. like that. So I've always I thought you said this wasn't sad. No, it's, I'm, I'm just this, the reflux plays a part of the story. Okay, got it. Anyway, so we're out there running around, having fun, me and my cousins and whatnot, and just laughing and joking, and my stomach is kicking in because we just got finished eating watermelon and some other crap. Uh, and my stomach's like, like, Hello, uh-oh. natural diuretic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're running around joking and playing, and then I... Something happens. I think my cousin does something that's really freaking hilarious. I start laughing. I'm just, I laugh so hard. Well, something happened. <laughs> and uh, I ignored it. And so I continue running around with my cousins. And all of a sudden, they're like, what's that smell? I don't know. I think the dog did something in the garage or something. I don't know what the hell's going on around. Let's just keep going. So we kept on playing. I'm running around. And then finally, I mean, it's pretty bad. And I, I can smell it myself. And everybody's done, and my dad says, okay, it's time to go back in the house. So I run inside the house real quick, and I go straight to the bathroom. Because I knew what happened. You but I wasn't the shits. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the bathroom, and I pull my pants down and pull my underwear down, and there's that ball of shit in there. We don't need to play with it. <laughs> it's the size of your... I pulled the left side down first, <laughs> then I pulled the right side down, and then all of a sudden there was there. Was. Anyway, so I laughed so hard that I popped the crap out, and because I left it in my pants, I was running around. It formed a ball. It was as a ball. It was pretty bad. So I dumped it in the toilet, uh, and it proceeded to like wash the underwear <laughs> as quickly as I could. Jumped in the shower, bathed myself, and tried to get out of there in a hurry without ever letting my folks know. You still there, Daniel? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering if anybody else is right now. Oh, I left the room. It's, it's an embarrassing story because I, it's like, I'm, yeah, it is. It didn't happen. Oh. So, but keep in mind, so I'm running around the yard for about two hours with a big ball of shit in my pants. We're just playing. I was five. That's pretty stinky. I didn't know what to do. Well, you're five. I, I was felt I was going to get my butt beat the hell out of because I didn't tell anybody to go to the bathroom. All things considered, and knowing you, pretending is probably the best option. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. There was nowhere to go. That's really funny. I didn't know if I wanted to tell my folks. I didn't want to get my ass whooped. Uh, I was quite scared, obviously. Uh, I don't know how I remember this story, but it just came, it came back to me earlier today, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is right. That happened. At least, at least it wasn't like was it? It wasn't liquid though. It was no, just, it, it it rolled itself up like a ball. I could have probably thrown it at you like a baseball. <laughs> so it was more than just the drop. Well, that's, that's what good. I said about the option where pretending was probably the best. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was an embarrassing time. I did get yelled at, by the way, and I did get eventually fessed up to it because, uh, as you know about me, I can't look at my mom straight in the face <laughs> and fib to her. I've never been able to in my entire life. Why would shitting in your pants get you in trouble? Yeah, really, because I didn't tell them to go inside the house. Or didn't tell them they could have taken me somewhere. 
Yeah, I just let it go. But you were five. Like, I think that's excusable. Right? I grew up in a tough house, a tough military home. They were really, my father was very strict with me. But they, they, don't get me wrong. He, like, beat the crap out of me with a board and some barbed wire and what the, what the town. No, I no. Mean, You're not allowed to shit in your pants. Now <laughs> <laughs> go take a shit in the toilet. But, no, you know, it's, it's, I'm assuming it's probably happened to a kid once in his lifetime. Uh, probably <laughs> younger, maybe older. I mean, with you, it was I, at that camp. But then, uh. <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't shit in my pants. One time, my, one time I was at a game store, and there was this guy with really poor hygiene. And he smelled bad. He didn't bathe very well. And he was wearing, like, a bathing suit. Oh. And like a, a big T-shirt. He was like a quadruple X kind of guy too. He was really big. And he was walking around, and he he did the same thing. Like he let it go, but it just kind of tumbled out of shorts and fell on the floor. Oh my god! <laughs> it was one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's like inexcusable because you're an adult at that point. So there's no like. <laughs> yeah, that's, I didn't say it was excusable. I just mentioned it because it was similar. This is what the, again, let me reiterate that I was five years old, had stomach issues, and that never happened to me again. I don't crap my pants. We're, man, we're, we're, we're good. Don't worry. We, we, we got you. Don't worry. <laughs> I done lost about 2,000 followers. I don't have that many. Well, now you got um, a bunch of new ones you didn't want. You got 2,000 more following you. I poop my pants just follow me? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I, pre- I prepared a story knowing, knowing that this was uh, this coming up. Um, did, did you want to hear my story? Definitely. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. Um well, it's more fun than funny, probably, but it's kind of a nice story. But, um, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it was almost 11 years ago, my wife and I um, moved out to Los Angeles. We we started off in Orlando, Florida, and, uh, you know, we, we worked in uh, the theater and stuff there, and we wanted to get involved in the movie industry and moved out to Los Angeles. It was a very difficult trying time. But um, when we first got here, we were uh, working a lot of survival jobs. You know, she was temping. Um, I was like doing extra work and telemarketing stuff. And, uh, um, for those who don't know, um, you know, if you live right here in, uh, especially if you're in the Valley where I am in the Burbank, North Hollywood area, uh, central casting is really close by. You can go sign up, get your picture taken and get into the registry. And then you call in daily and try to book jobs, basically being an extra on TV and films. So, you know, you might be sitting at a restaurant in whatever, Mad Men or something, or you might be like right up against the camera on an episode of 24 or something, which that was really, that was like my, that was my coolest thing I ever did was, uh, I got to kidnap a guy on 24. That's a different story, but, um, that was pretty cool. But, uh, (laughs) that's one of my girls' favorite shows. Oh, freaking awesome. Looking at his face right now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you real quick. That was, that was, yeah, it was, um, you know, Kiefer Sutherland wasn't on set for this, so I, I never um, I never met him. But um, it was uh, season four, hour 23, about 20 minutes in. Um, I kidnapped this, um, the, I forget the, the I forget the uh, character's name, but I kidnapped a guy who, I think he was just on that season, he was a recurring character. Um, he was a CTU agent. I was pretending to be a CTU agent. Was it Chase? I show up. What's that? Chase? Chase, uh, no, it, the actor's name was Bob, <laughs> Robert, um, I forget, yeah, Tony I forget Almeida? the character's name. No, no, it wasn't him, it wasn't him. Oh, man, I got, um, oh, but, gosh. Um, but, yeah, if you go, just go check out that episode, you'll, you'll see me kidnapping a guy. It's pretty quick, but that was pretty awesome. But, uh, so, you're getting two stories then. <laughs> but, um, anyways, when you do a lot of extra work, um, you know, it's this whole culture because, it's like 15, 16, 17 hour days filming these shows, especially the hour long dramas. These are like really long demanding days. And, um, you get to, you go around to all these different shows, you get into, into this culture where you start meeting people and making friends and everybody's got stories about different shows, you know, which shows to book and which ones not to and all the quirks and such. And, but at that time, West Wing was filming and everybody had a Martin Sheen story about how awesome Martin Sheen was. Okay. Um, and finally, I worked on the show a couple of times, but it was only the second time that I was on the show that he was on set. Now, um, it was a terrible, boring day for me because this was the situation. They were had the cameras set up in the war room, right? And then Martin Sheen as the president and John Spencer and all these heavy hitter guys that are his chiefs of staff are starting out in this hallway. The doors fly open and, and he and John Spencer and all these guys fly into this room. They start chattering and they're planning for a, a to try to prevent a war and all this sort of stuff. Okay, so I'm not even in the war room. I'm outside in the hallway where they start. Um, I'm a, I'm a uniformed secret service man. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm out, the, but I'm not really even in the hallway. I'm up on a stairwell next to the hallway. I'm like up on the top of these stairs. Like nobody's ever going to see me. I'm not even a blur in the background. It's just like absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, so the, the, you know, you kind of I mean, you stand there completely out of sight of everyone for like 15 hours. It gets a little discouraging. Okay, you can imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, the entire day, I'm but I am within seven feet of Martin Sheen and John Spencer, and all the chiefs of staff of the West Wing. And between takes, they're all cutting up and telling showbiz stories, and it was pretty amazing. And anyways, at one point, Martin Sheen makes eye contact with me. I, I can't imitate him well, but just remember the voice, the voiceover from Apocalypse Now, and just just kind of project that onto this. He comes up, he puts his hand, he makes eye contact with me, puts his hand out slowly, and he goes, "I'm Martin," you know. And I shook his hand. I'm like, I'm Daniel. Daniel Corey. And he's like, good to meet you, you know. And then probably five hours later, you know, we're all bored. He's standing around. He makes eye contact with me again. And he just points at me and he goes, Daniel Corey. That's, that's a marquee name. I can see that name up in lights. Daniel, C-O-R-Y. And I said, it's actually, it's E-Y. He goes, even better. You know, and he got so excited. You know, that's my Martin Sheen story, really. Um, but it was just Martin Sheen being so cool to me. And um, kind of the residual effect of that was um, many years later, I went to see The Amazing Spider-Man. And I saw him as Uncle Ben. And I'm not giving anything away because the movie's been out for a little while and the yeah. mythology's been around for about 50 years. But when Uncle Ben dies, when Martin Sheen heroically goes down and he gets shot, I cried because <laughs> it was Martin Sheen and he's so awesome. So that's my story. That's that cool. is so cool. <laughs> so anyways. Martin Sheen, say your name. Yeah, I know. I know. And like makes it a big deal. And like hours later, he remembered my first and last name. You know, he's, but he's a great guy. I mean, he's such a wonderful man. He, he's very nice to everybody. When you're on one of his shoots, he, he goes around and introduces himself to everybody, to the extras, to the you know the catering people. Um, you know, West Wing shot on the um, Warner Brothers lot, and um, there's a tram tour that you know tour, you can go in as a tourist and, and um, buy a ticket and go on a tram tour and see all the see all the sets and movie props. And um, you go on the back lot, you see like the New York City sets and stuff they have. Um, I was on a lunch break during um, a shoot on that show, and um, I was walking down one of the New York streets to get to the like the cafe or whatever. And uh, there was a tram that was stopped, and Martin Sheen, dressed up as the president, was walking around the tram one at a time, shaking every single person's hand on the tram and smiling. So, but it, it's just you know, it's just so sincere. I mean, you'd think he was running for president, but he really doesn't have an agenda. He's just being nice. He wants to make the world a better place and be nice to everybody. So, so he got the job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. We don't have, have a lot of celebrity stories. Most of ours are from last month. <laughs> <laughs> that's my good one. That's my really good one. Though. That, that's the one I'll, I'll usually tell. <laughs> so he got my best one. Awesome. Cool. Come on, yeah. I'm gonna get to meet the Hulk. We did get to meet Lou Ferrigno. That was pretty awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah. Um, what, where'd you meet him? Yeah. Uh, well, we, we did a con in Houston. Uh, con yeah. was back in May. Yeah? We got to talk to him. We got to talk to Mike and Ming from the Comic Book Men. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch cool. of different artists and writers. Uh, I even got a picture with Stan Lee, which is pretty awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And this was at one of the Houston shows? Yeah, it was the big Houston show uh, last in, in May. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make it out to one of those. I gotta make it out to a Texas show. You know, my friend Jessica Grundy is a is a um, wonderful artist, um, and she did a um, wonderful pinup of our leading lady Jade uh, for Moriarty. It's in the Moriarty Deluxe Edition. If you check it out, you'll see Jessica Grundy's painting of Jade, and then um, I know her name from somewhere, but I can't. Yeah, where she's where, where she's at all the shows, and she's a local um, uh, in in Texas. Um, and uh, I'm trying to. Is she in Houston right now? Or she's I think she's moving to Dallas. I, I can't remember exactly what she's doing, but um, yeah, she's a local to Texas. She's a wonderful artist, and she's going to have a pinup in Red City issue three. But she's uh, anyway. She, yeah, she's always ta- talking about like the Austin shows and the Houston show and how great it is for her. Um, so that kind of gets me interested in going out and, and checking it out. So well, if you're ever going to make it down here, you got to let us know. We can hang out. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We've gotten to know each, we've gotten to know a few things about each other in this yeah. time. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe more than you bargained for. Right? Yeah, a little more than I thought I was going to, but yeah. <laughs> <Don't> so, <listen. laughs> but, uh, my next show is going to be, and I'll just throw out a little plug. I'm going to be at San Diego comic con. If anybody wants to come meet me, uh, I'm going to, gonna, 
Yeah, I, nice I, press. <laughs> are you guys going to be at, at San Diego Comic Con? I wish we could. It's oh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I live just two and a half hours away, and it's it's tough, you know. But it's a, uh, you know, just hotel parking costs. It's it's a, it's a tough show. So I I understand if you guys can't probably can't make that one every year, but try it. Have you have you ever been able to get out there? No, actually, we. Yeah. I've been to a few cons before, but not a whole lot of big ones. Oh, okay. This year was Miguel's first con. Comic Palooza was really his first one, which oh. was a really good experience for him. I think we got to meet yeah. a lot of people. Considering I was almost dying every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, San Diego Comic Con is it is humongous. They have like two hundred fifty thousand people that show up, and it is just packed like sardines. So if you don't like that sort of thing, maybe it's not your thing. But uh, otherwise, I say you know maybe try to make it one year if you can, just to. Check it out, and it's like everything. It's 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 comics and movies and television, you know. So it depends on whether or not you like all pop culture. If you want just comics, um, but um, I, but I, anyways, I'll be at the show. Um, I'll be there every day, but um, I'm I'm just going to be kind of uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm supposed to have some signings at the Image booth. So um, if anybody wants to find me, just come like follow me on Twitter or find me on Facebook, and I'll be posting when I know my schedule, my signing schedule. I'll be posting that so you can guys can come. Uh, find me at the Image booth um, during San Diego Comic Con. Um, after that, I'll be at New York Comic Con in October, and um, that that one I have an artist alley table, so I'll be posting reminders about that. So, yeah, just a little plug for when you'll be able to see me next. We'd love to be able to go this year, but I don't think it's going to happen uh, next year. We're going to definitely try to travel to at least one of the big ones. Yeah, I'm sure, but yeah, maybe San Diego if we can afford it and we can make it happen. Trying yeah. to get on his press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a that's a good uh, that would be a good way for you guys to go. Um, you know, it's it, getting into the San Diego Comic Con. It's a challenge, so you got everybody's got to find their own way to do it. You know, I get in as a pro, so if you can get in as a pro, if you get in on press, get in as press. You know, um, you know, if you're just if you're a fan, you got to get on get online the very second that tickets go live, or 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 you're you're not going to make it. <laughs> We could be your roadies. You put us down as your roadies. <laughs> roadies. I, I have a crew. I have a crew for uh, for carrying my issues and sharpies. I guess. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> you got the issues. Uh, you got the sharpies. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. You got the issues. What am I talking about? <laughs> I, I would put you down as that, but I wouldn't really make you guys do any work. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's so. That's 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 where I'll be. The next few big shows I'll be at. So cool. Well, we didn't have a whole lot of news this week. There wasn't a whole lot that happened in the comics world. Uh, the only thing that is kind of unusual that's going on is there's a Guardians of the Galaxy preview that's happening uh, next Monday. And we all hyped up thinking it was the whole movie. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to be. The way that it was originally promoted was that it was going to be the whole movie plus 17 minutes of additional footage. What it's actually going to be is 17 minutes of preview footage. But if you go, you get a free poster and some other cool stuff. So I think it's probably worth checking out if you don't have anything else going on. Uh, you can get your tickets at seeitfirst.net. I got a life. They're free, so you don't have to pay anything. Are they, is this like in, um, in in many cities across the country they're yes, doing this? in many cities across the country, yeah. All right, yeah I, I recall them doing something like that with Avatar, yeah. So um, a few years back, they yeah, they, they did some sort of special thing where you could apply and get a ticket, and it was kind of across the country thing. Um, yeah, you gotta. I'm sure you probably have to get on right away, though, right, as soon as they go live. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I think there's still some available for some places. Um, it's oh, worth checking okay. at least. All right. We got ours a couple days ago. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, is it going to be in 3D? Do you know? I think it is. I think it's 3D IMAX. Oh, very nice. I get a preview in 3D IMAX. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So I told my wife we're going to see this movie, and it's just a preview. Well, that's it. <laughs> They but you've seen it before everybody. Star-Lord, man. Star-Lord. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you're privileged, though. You're getting it ahead of everybody else. <laughs> exactly. Oh, see, this guy here, he is a Guardians nut. And mm-hmm. when it comes out, you know, they'll show advanced screening, you know, probably 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on a Thursday. But sometimes mm-hmm. they do that special show on a Wednesday. Trust mm-hmm. me, Daniel, my boy here is going to do everything he can possibly th- <laughs> Thanks oh, to man. get us in that Wednesday show. I know he will. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll see it Wednesday <laughs> when it comes out. Let's nice. Sneak previews. Nice. It would be nice. Yeah, well, you know, you get that cred to be that first guy on Facebook to be all like, I saw it. You guys can go see it with the regular people this weekend. <laughs> then we can do our review for the show and then put it out there and people will know. That's hey, the, that's the hook. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because I think our boys over at the shop have the hook on yeah, that. So use the hook. 
I'm working on it. Play the cards. <laughs> Blackmail. I'll get some. <laughs> Give my camera. This is, this is like Red City level right. of wheeling and dealing here going on, man. This is intense stuff. This I is high stakes. <laughs> yes, you did. I'm Jock. What? No. <laughs> I'm not like an angel. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's a new character coming out. <laughs> there you go. Guys, you got to stop suggesting such good ideas. I can't use them if you suggest them because I need to come up with that chopped liver idea on my own. Now I can't use it. It was all yours. It was all yours. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're legally releasing me on air in front of everybody to use the name Chopped Liver as a character in, in Red City, yes? yes absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You must. I, I need to hear from all three of you. I need to hear from all three of you. <laughs> That's yes. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, what, you want to talk about the Geeky Awards? Oh, you know I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ever since we started this show, I mean, you dragged me to do this show. Obviously, we know that, you know, the, the truth behind it. Uh, and after we did the first one, I was like, okay. And then we did the second one, and it was like, okay, this is great. I like doing this now. Thank you again. And then we got. You know, this Geeky Awards type stuff, and I, you know, we're comparing ourselves against the other people, and I really want to go. <laughs> I really want to be nominated because. Have you heard of the Geeky Awards, Daniel? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, that's um, it's, it's in here in LA, isn't it? It's in LA, yeah. It's run by Kristen Nettopack. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is the third year they've been doing it. It's, it's a big ceremony, a big award show, mm-hmm. uh, and it's for all different things across geek and nerd culture. Yeah. They do comic books, they do videos, they do internet movies and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they also do podcasts, and we submitted two of our shows this year. Mm-hmm. The results are coming in. We should know within the next week whether we actually got uh, moved on to the next round. Oh, well, but, good on you guys. I hope it goes well. You know, even if you, yeah, advancing will be great, and uh, I hope you guys get out here. Yeah, that would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel's, Miguel's really excited for it and really hoping that it happens. I mean, you've told me. I am me, too. I am too. We've talked about it. Some of the other podcasts that are nominated have told us, you know, hey, you guys are really good. You know, they think you have a legitimate shot of being a nominee. And that, I mean, we feel that way about other people too. But uh, it would be amazing just to be nominated, to be able to go out there and, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is really cool. We have 26 episodes, 27 episodes in now mm-hmm. uh, to be so young in the podcast world or whatever and accomplish so much more than some people that haven't really yet. And to be there would just be like, Blow my mind away. It would be like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it would yeah. be awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to come down with Clyde Knox. You know, I'd be like, whoa, this is so freaking awesome. Were you shitting your pants again? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, you had to go back to that. I know. Please. Come full on, circle, though. It's all baby. Good. We're coming full circle. That would be pretty epic, though, if he gets up on stage to, like, accept his award. And a ball of poop rolls out. Oh, man. <laughs> I will go prepared for that. You'll go with some Depends. Nice. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is talking about getting awards. You're talking about us winning now? So we've gone from being nominated to winning? <laughs> you got to think big in order to get big. Nothing's impossible. We just got to wait and see what happens. I know. Hopefully next recording we have good news for our listeners. It's like the most stressful week of my entire life. <laughs> it's true. You know, there's a lot. It's true what she, what she said. You know, you got to think big to get big. There's, you know, you, you, it's good you guys are um, pushing to be nominated for something like that. You know, um, why not get your shows your show out there into those circles. You know, why not do the big promotions and go for the, go for the big awards, go for the big exposure. Cause you know, that's the only way it's ever going to happen. That's what, you know, we did. I, I, I spent years going to conventions, showing editors, my comics, you know, I, uh, there was absolutely no sense of entitlement or any reason that I should have been picked up by image comics other than I just gave it a shot and said, Hey, take a look at this. Cause why not me? You know, yeah, so I would encourage you guys to keep pressing forward to try to get your get your show, um, you know, more and more known nationally. Because why not? Why not you? Exactly. Right. We will. We will. Yeah. That's because we. <laughs> but we're still we're still very humble here. We, you know, for the people. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> that's the, the way to be, man. Of the people. Of the people. <laughs> cool. Oh <my> God. <laughs> there, there he goes again. <laughs> I told you. You know, all my followers and minions. We do this show. We try to do a great show. We try to represent the people, try to make the people laugh, because without them, we wouldn't be nobody. That's true. And so, you know, we love our people. Yeah, we do. We appreciate appreciate our listeners. (laughs) And they love you, too. That's right. (laughs) I got a guy doing a comic about me, so you know I'm I'm awesome. (laughs) That's true. Oh, that's that's, that's supreme validation, then. (laughs) It's horse to cleese, but then he drew a picture of horse to sleaze in a 
disco suit. <laughs> wow. <a> cigarette. <laughs> That's because he's a pimp, baby. There's no end to the mileage. Yeah, There's no end to the mileage you can get out of that name. <laughs> exactly. Well, like the most recent one we came up with, Horse to Please, which is a, a gay horse who like snaps his finger, Horse to Please. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't exist. <laughs> he does exist. <laughs> no. No? No. <laughs> Well, last week you were horse to Cronkite. <laughs> That's right, I was. <laughs> and if we don't make it to the Greek, the the, the Greek, <laughs> we don't make it to the Geekies, I'm going to be horse to Grumps. <laughs> so uh, hopefully they put us on there just so I don't have to deal with your depression. <laughs> talking about this morning, you came up to me like, can we please get in? <laughs> so after all that, we're actually looking for new sponsors. So if anybody out there has a sponsor or a business that they'd like to ask for on the show, get in touch with me. Send me an email to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comicalpodcast. Go there and right now. Do it. On Twitter, I'm at comicalpodcast. <laughs> Miguel's at comicalpodcast2. And Heather is at comicalpodcast3. Heck yeah. Follow me the most. <laughs> <laughs> do what the lady says, okay? Just do it. Exactly. Just do it. That's her slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, that's it. That's it. It's easy. What are you, Nike? <laughs> hey, just because I have on a Nike shirt doesn't mean I can't promote it. I like Nike. What's wrong with that? You have anything you want to say in closing, Daniel? Hey, maybe Nike uh, could be our sponsor. Yeah, there you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> like I said, guys, shoot for the stars, you know? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Ask them. Who knows? But, yeah, I guess in closing, uh, I just, um, you know, like I said, like we, we said earlier, Red City number 2 uh, is out July 9th, which, uh, as of this recording, is one week from today. You can find me online. I'm, I'm easy to find. Um, DangerCat.com. It's DangerKatt.com. That is my, my homepage. Uh, you can link to my web store and, and buy stuff. If you like. Also, I'm on Facebook. Just search search for my name. That's Facebook.com, Daniel.Corey. I think it is C-O-R-E-Y, as I told Martin Sheen. And uh, find me on Twitter, at DangerCat. And, you know, shoot, yeah, shoot me a message on, uh, on Twitter. Say hi. I'll say hi back, you know. There you go. Excellent. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, we want to say thanks to our listeners. And one last thing. Keep on laughing, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>